And away we go. Hour two on a great day for talk radio. But uh, as Danny was mentioning, this Hurricane Florence that is going to be buffeting the the, uh, East Coast and the Carolinas certainly has everybody's attention. Category four may even strengthen to a five. And uh, we saw yesterday, I guess it was Gordon. The aftermath of Gordon came through town and uh, the rain that continued. It was just incessant with the high winds made it a very unpleasant day for golf as I was at a charity event. And, you know, but, you know, actually, I, I found myself wishing I was at work. I've got to be honest with you, was that it was uncomfortable, you know, with four layers and you're drenched and it doesn't matter how waterproof you think you are. It just doesn't make a lick of difference. After a while, it's like chilled to the bone, even to the point where uh, my key fob that starts the car, I think, got waterlogged and I couldn't actually open the vehicle for a while. <laughs> it was it was insane. But that was yesterday. Today is today. And of course, uh, there was a storm blowing through here yesterday as well. Insofar as Doug Ford announcing he's going to invoke the notwithstanding clause when it comes to the matter of cutting back on the number of city councilors. And that's created, uh, I guess, a whole lot of blowback in certain quarters, support in others. And I just wanted to put this into uh, some kind of legal context as to where this leaves us uh, going forward. Is it possible now that this could be a slippery slope as a caller in the previous hour had suggested where uh, more more times than not, if you uh, run into some stonewalling or any obstructionism or perhaps a, a case of lawfare you perceive from an activist judge, this could be a method around that. This device uh, to be used frivolously and casually is not the intent, I'm sure, of the people who put it in place back in the early 80s because that was just a way of assuaging or appeasing some recalcitrant provinces from joining on for the project, even though Quebec never did. I believe they were first to invoke it very early on to protect the primacy of the French language. But all of that being said, let me get John Mascarin in here. John Mascarin is with uh, Aird and Burles LLP. He's a local government and municipal law lawyer and an expert in this regard. John, it's good to have you here on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Hey, thanks for having me. So what about this uh, notwithstanding brouhaha? What do you make of it? Is this clause being used by Doug Ford frivolously, carelessly, or does it make sense? Well, I got to say, I'm very surprised by it. I I hadn't foreseen that, um, and because it's never been used in Ontario, so why would you think you'd pull it out for something like this? So my my view is this: it can be used. Uh, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that it can't be used. It's it's there, and it can be used. I don't think that uh, the provincial government has to exhaust all of its appeal rights or anything like that. Uh, I think it can be invoked if the government passes it and openly declares that the uh, the charter does not apply to the uh, the the legislation but the question is should it be invoked and I, I'm you know I've, I've read a bunch of things and I, th- I think in uh, uh, today's uh, National Post uh, nuclear uh, was uh, it's called the nuclear option mm-hmm. um, so I you know it's 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 very it's very harsh um, and do you really want to use it for something like this I wouldn't have thought uh, and you just mentioned it uh, that it would be used for something that uh, perhaps was much more uh, uh, you know an emergency basis or something of, of, of huge uh, uh, national importance um, you would have thought that, uh, you know, the ward system in Toronto wouldn't have kind of gotten to that level. So it, it seems curious that the province would want to use it in this case. Um, uh, it seems uh, disproportionate to the legislation that's uh, being sought to be put in place. Well, what do you think then Doug Ford is signaling by doing this? 
think he may be signaling that he's just not going to play around. He uh, clearly did not uh, appreciate the judge's ruling, notwithstanding what he may have said about uh, respecting judge and judiciary. He clearly didn't like it, uh, clearly doesn't want to stand in the way, uh, uh, doesn't want it to stand in the way of him. Uh, and uh, by threatening that he's going to do this, and quite honestly, uh, John, I think he is going to do it. I don't think it, it was an idle threat. Um, I think he's signaling he means business, and he's going to put in place what he feels the government of Ontario should be putting in place. Well, he cited judicial activism, and if there's a perception uh, that judges have biases and they're biased against perhaps his agenda or so on and so forth, uh, you know, there's also the avenue for appeal to a higher court. Yep. Let, me, let me just uh, get to that one first of all. Yep. Which court would be the appellant court in this case, if he were to take it that way? Yeah, in, in this case, it would be the Ontario Court of Appeal. Uh, he would have, uh, under the rules of civil procedure, it was an application commenced under the rules, and the next level of appeal would be to the Ontario Court of Appeal, and there's no leave application. So you don't have to ask permission and have it be an important case or anything like that that you're allowed as a party to appeal as of right. Right. And uh, the only reason that I guess this was not the avenue, uh, he wants to, you know, make this thing uh move faster rather yeah. expedited. Otherwise, you might miss that window for the October 22nd election if it were going to another appeal court uh, and then the bill would basically die and the election would take place with 47 councillors, wouldn't it? That, yes, that may be exactly one of the reasons why. Now, the province could always uh, um, uh, file an appeal and then ask for a stay. A stay would say, look, uh, it's like an injunction. You'd say, no, stop, stop the operation of this because it is appealed. You should just leave the status quo, which is the 25 ward system because that that was what was in place so stay the operation of the judgment until the appeal is heard but you're right it would be moot by the time you get there it seems to me it's almost like the old adage uh if that's your serve here's my return <laughs> right. boom and uh now he's got everybody's attention and you think that is part of the politic here that uh, he wants to signal early on he isn't messing around as you said uh and he will go you know to extremes to move this agenda forward uh, as much as anything now, maybe this is the test case, uh, city council, because some are saying he did it out of peak or pe petulance. Uh, do you think it's personal or do you think that there's another underlying uh, reason for his going this route? Um. I, I don't know what to say about that. There, I certainly have heard about uh, it's vindictive, there's a vendetta. I, I don't know. Um, it, it certainly is curious um, that uh, he would focus so much on this one matter in the city of Toronto. He was a council member, as, as we know, for one-term council member. Uh, his brother was, was a long-term council member, so he, you know, uh, Premier Ford is very aware of what's going on at uh, City Hall, so you can't say he's naive about it. He knows what's going on there. Um, is, is this payback? Is he trying to get back at someone? I'd like to think not. I'd like to think that his agenda is, uh, you know, we need to operate on smaller, more efficient government. Um, so uh, let's just take it at its best. Let's say it is that. So then he is trying to signal that he, his, his agenda, uh, his platform to move ahead is this, and he doesn't want to uh, uh, you know, move away from that. He has a mandate from the people of Ontario, and he wants to move forward. 
it squares with his agenda for sure, especially if uh, one were to recognize that the books perhaps coming out soon, the numbers are worse than anybody might have anticipated. He wants to get on with the business at hand and he can't, he, he wouldn't have to uh, stand for these obstructionist ways or, you know, lawfare or whatever it is that derails yep. that agenda. So in that context, I guess we can understand it. By the way, uh, this notwithstanding clause, it lapses after five years, doesn't it? I believe that it does, yes. Okay. Now, the other thing I'm curious about is because this judge, uh, Bellababa, when he based his ruling on two clauses in the Charter Protecting Rights, uh, many legal experts are saying these points uh, would not be upheld at a higher court. Uh, if that's the case, then, uh, you know, what is this all about? Yeah, but, but again, your, your, your point earlier was that while you could exhaust those appeal rights, uh, you may not get there quick enough for the selection. And, and the evidence of the province at the hearing was that uh, there was some urgency. You had to get going during this selection. You didn't want to leave it uh, later. So that might be one of the reasons why uh, he's moving with the, the option of the notwithstanding clause. Do you think then in future, uh, because he has threatened saying he'll use it more frequently yeah. if necessary, do you believe him? I do believe him. Uh, if, if anything, uh, when uh, when Doug Ford says he's going to move on something, it looks like he does move on it. Uh, you know, he may be proven wrong later, he may be proven right, but he certainly does do what he says he's going to do. So uh, I, do, I do believe that. I would think that that would cause some concern uh, uh, for constitutional scholars who are saying, boy, that may not be the, the reason uh, why Section 33 was put in place. It wasn't to be used, uh, you know, ad hoc every time you meet some resistance somewhere. Uh, I was only supposed to use in, you know, emergency uh, extenuating circumstances. Uh, so w what sort of value does it have if you are using it every time you want to pass some legislation? Maybe the real extraordinary element to all of this is a politician who is doing what he says he's going to do. <laughs> so at, at the end of the day, it's taking us all aback. Uh, well, great explanations and insights, John. I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you for having me on, John. You take care. John Mascara, and again, he's with Aaron Burles, LLP, local government and municipal law lawyer. There are more topics worthy of discussion on this front. Of course, we'll bring it up with our panel, Alyssa Freeman, Kevin Gadette, and Rocco Rossi, in moments here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto.